Here's the question, how do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, educator, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Hey everyone, in this episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast, we are going to be talking about the best exercises when training to run. So my question to you is, do you get lost in all of the exercises shared out there on social media? Do you know you should be doing exercises to make you a better runner, but you're not exactly sure what you should be doing? So in this episode, we're going to be covering the best exercises for you to do in order to get stronger, faster, and healthier as a runner. These exercises are going to be the specific exercise that will translate best to your specific activity of running. These are going to focus on exercises when your foot is on the ground and you're on one leg, like you are when you're running. So for my local folks here in Connecticut, that means for you training to run the Cheshire Half Marathon and 5K. So if you listen to the introduction episode, you will know that I've been a physical therapist since 2003 and have always enjoyed getting runners back from injury. Now, we have a Healthy Runner Facebook group and this podcast to help prevent injuries from actually occurring in runners so all of you can continue doing what you love, which is running without getting injured along the way. Now, I am very excited to announce on this podcast right now that I'm teaming up with Coach Clay Tevitz from Multisports Academy Gym right in Hamden, Connecticut, and also coach of the Mossman Triathlete Group to be the exclusive training team for JB Sports and the Cheshire Half Marathon and 5K race. This is very special for me because this was actually the site of my first half marathon that I ran back in 2013, and I have run this race five times um, since that time, The reasons why I didn't run it the other days was because I had a conflict with my daughter's uh, dance competitions, but I live in Cheshire and this is my hometown and I love being able to see so many of the local runners in my community. So I'm super excited about this program. Uh, What Coach Clay and I are going to do is really guide you as a runner in the weeks leading up to the Cheshire half so you can continue to reach your 2020 race goals. So whether you set a 2020 goal to run your first half marathon or you're an experienced half marathon veteran and you're looking to get that PR, we're going to offer a training program like you've never experienced before. What we are going to provide you in this 10-week virtual and in-person training program is kind of perfect for all calibers of runners. We're going to provide you with new techniques and concepts each week kind of along the way that's going to help build up your strength, your endurance. We're going to prepare you for everything that the 2020 race has in store without injuries along the way. So we all know, we've all been there, right, where you get into a training program, you're super pumped about it, and maybe you go too hard and you wind up getting an injury along the way that derails your training and you're not able to train for that race. So our goal is on race day, on April 26th, 
you are going to have this new level of confidence in your running ability where you're going to be faster and stronger than ever before. So what you're going to get with this epic program is really three main things. One is going to be an online training calendar on the Training Peaks platform, specifically designed based upon your previous um, race times and what your goals are with this half. We're also going to do weekly in-person group runs based upon your level. So whether or not you're a novice, an intermediate, or advanced runner, um, that is going to happen right on the Farmington Canal Trail. So going from Hamden into Cheshire, we're going to have access to parking and bathrooms to meet up for these group runs. They're going to be very motivational to kind of keep you on track along the training program. And then also all athletes are going to have access to a private Facebook group in which I will be providing you with the running specific exercises you should be doing according to the weeks of the training cycle to keep you healthy during your training so you don't miss a run. So depending on when this episode actually airs, the program uh, may have started, but you will be a couple of weeks into it and you could still jump in and I would love to have as many of our Healthy Runner podcast community on board in this training program. And for those of you who I have not had the pleasure of meeting yet, be able to meet you in person, be able to help you along the way. So please contact me on social media, email or at sparkyourtraining.com or honestly, just Google Cheshire Half Marathon Spark Training. You are gonna find all the information there, the links to sign up, And I'm super pumped about this and really excited to be able to help our local community in a way that I haven't been able to in my professional career yet. Okay, guys, so let's get into today's topic. The best exercises when training to run must include single leg exercises when your foot is on the ground. So that means weight bearing exercises. So in this kind of fourth episode of this series, just to kind of refresh your memories, in episode one, we talked about the foundation of how to run stronger and healthier without injuries. So that's what I like to call the kind of spark blueprint. Then we talked about strength training to run, which was the first of the five tips for healthy running. In the last episode, we talked about tip number two, which was jump training and adding in jump training or plyometric training into your program. And now we're talking about the third tip, which is adding in weight bearing and single leg exercises. So why did I include this tip of weight bearing and single leg exercises in my five tips for healthy running or this spark blueprint? It is something that I find is often missed in most runners training programs, just like jump training was. And it is an important component in your training in order to get your muscles ready for the demands of running and the specific activity to improve your performance and prevent injuries along the way. So first question I have for you is, do you want to take your gym routine beyond the machines? So let's think about this a bit while you're running now or you're listening in your car. Do you go into the gym and you just hop on the machines? You go from machine to machine to machine. So as we talked about in the jump training episode, this is important for specificity of training principles and in order to directly translate all the time you're spending strengthening and training to making you more efficient as a runner. So what do I mean by specificity of training? What does that mean? So the principle of specificity states really that sports training should be relevant, 
and appropriate to the sport for which the individual is training for in order to produce the effect that you want. This, otherwise known as the said principle in the strength and conditioning world, or the specific adaptation to imposed demand. So in strength training, the specificity principle really describes how strength gains are often quite specific to the type of training we perform. So in other words, it says that strength gains are greatest when tested with the same characteristics as used in the training program. So for example, if you wanted to do a max squat, right, you want to see how much weight you can actually perform in a squat. In order to do that test, and like if you think football and like the combines, right, these guys are training for those specific tests and those events. So if I wanted to do a max squat, I'm not going to spend, you know, three times a week for eight weeks trying to build up my quad strength on the seated leg extension machine in the gym. So you can also think about this, your goal as a runner is to run the most efficient way with more speed, without getting injured, right? We wanna be faster. So in order to train to run, I wouldn't necessarily train for you know, this event with maybe biking or maybe swimming. Not to say that biking and swimming aren't great exercises or forms of exercise because they are from a cross-training perspective, from a joint unloading perspective, for a cardiovascular standpoint. But if I'm looking to actually train my muscles for this specific activity, I need to train them in that specific activity. So even I can think about, I don't do a lot. I don't bike at all. Um, I haven't taken a spin class in years, but I do remember when I did take a spin class in the past, even though I was running, even though I was strength training in the gym, I would take a spin class and my quads were sore as can be for two or three days after it, right? Because the demands were different than what my muscles were used to training for. So every step you take as a runner, your muscles are reacting to the pavement and they're springing back up. As we talked about in the last episode in our jump training um, series. So they lengthen and contract over and over again. So why not train those muscles to be most efficient and train them with exercises that your foot is on the ground? Right? That makes sense. That makes sense to me. I hope it makes sense for you as you're listening to this. So I am going to now talk about five benefits that you will get by incorporating exercises with your foot on the ground, so weight-bearing, and also on one leg. So these weight-bearing exercises, you might also um, hear in, especially the scientific community, closed chain exercises or closed kinetic chain exercises. So that is going to be exercises that your foot's on the ground. And I think in my examples, it's going to be best to contrast this with the seated knee extension machine or that quad machine in the gym, because I think everyone is pretty familiar with that. But you can also think about the example of the hip inner and outer thigh machines in the gym, right? That everyone sits down, you push out with your knees into the pads, and then the adductors, you push in to work like your inner thigh muscles. If you were looking to get like your thighs toned up, you probably have done these machines before, right? So the first benefit to performing weight-bearing and single-leg exercises is going to be the fact that you are working multiple joints. So you have multiple joints moving, and they're moving in more than one plane of movement. So you can work all three planes of movement. So every joint in your body moves in three planes of movement. So it moves up and down, 
out to the side in both directions, and then it works in rotation. So kind of twisting type motion, right? So there's these three planes of movement that our bodies move in, that they move in when we run. So think about a lunge exercise, for example. If your, your goal was to strengthen your quad muscles and your glute muscles, because you remember in our first tip, working your running muscles and strengthening your running muscles, you know you need to work and strengthen your quads and your glutes. So you're thinking, okay, I want to do a lunge exercise to strengthen that. And maybe you have a history of kneecap pain. So you need to be targeting those muscles. That exercise moves at not only your hip joint, but moves at your knee joint and moves at your ankle joint. So now contrast this to doing isolated quad strengthening on that seated leg extension machine. You're only working one joint. You're only working your knee joint at that time. So that's going to be the first benefit of adding in weight-bearing and single-leg exercises. You are working multiple joints and three planes of movement. Benefit number two, you have simultaneous activation of opposing muscle groups. So rather than having one muscle group work in isolation, closed-chain exercises allow for the simultaneous activation of what we call an agonist muscle. So that's the muscle you want to work, let's say your quads, and an antagonistic muscle which is the opposing muscle group. So on the other side of your quads, quads are in the front of your thigh, hamstrings are in the back of your thigh. That's the opposing muscle group. Those two muscles actually co-contract when you do a squat. So a squat is a great example of a weight-bearing exercise, and you get co-contraction of those muscles that improve your joint stability, and it simulates the functional movement pattern that we normally do in everyday life. So for example, a squat, Everyone gets up and down from a chair, a toilet. We need to be able to squat in life, right? You want to pick something up from the floor, you have to squat. So strengthening your muscles in that fashion will help improve that joint stability and that co-contraction of the muscles in and around your joints. Benefit number three, improve balance and postural control. Because when you're doing weight-bearing exercises, your foot is on the ground, think about what connects to that. So what does your foot bone connect to? So your foot bone connects to the ankle bone. The ankle bone connects to the knee bone. Now you're going to have the song in your head for the rest of this episode. So we call this the kinetic chain, right? And any weak link in your kinetic chain is going to affect the joints above. So think about kneecap pain, right, is most often due to foot alignment issues down below right? That's that kinetic chain. So if there's a weak link in the chain, so let's say your foot, your ankle muscles are weak. You've been a chronic ankle sprainer or you have flat foot, right? Deformity, you're an overpronator. Then that weakness is going to go up the chain, contribute to your alignment at your knee and cause this kind of kneecap pain or patellofemoral pain, we call it. Um, so you need to train your muscles in this closed kinetic chain fashion in order to improve your overall postural control, alignment, and decrease the stress to the tissues while you run so you don't get injured. Fourth benefit is going to be especially important for you female runners out there and if you are postmenopausal or had a history of stress fractures. And this is going to really be for bone health. So weight-bearing activities, physical activity, while you are weight-bearing is going to cause new bone tissue to form and this makes your bones stronger. 
or if you have the beginning stages of bone loss, what we call osteopenia, or if you're in the later stages, osteoporosis, then you can help slow down that progression of that disease process. So again, swimming and bicycling we talked about before are great activities, but they're not weight-bearing activities. So they are not going to directly help get your bones stronger. Swimming and bicycling help build strong muscles, but they're not going to get your bones stronger, right? So weight-bearing exercises will have that added bone benefit to help keep them strong and prevent stress fractures, prevent bone loss as you age. The fifth benefit to adding in weight-bearing exercises with your foot on the ground is that they're functionally oriented. So think about when you go up and down stairs, right? Your foot's on the ground, you're going up and down stairs, um, a step-up exercise. So you can do various step-up exercises, whether they're front step-up, side step-up, stepping down to strengthen your quad muscles, maybe to strengthen your side hip muscles with the side uh, step-up exercise. Those are functionally oriented. We do that in everyday life. When do you ever in your life sit down and kick your leg up and down? I cannot think of one activity that you do that. The only possible activity that I can relate to sport is someone who's kicking a ball, right? But that's in sport where you're kicking a ball. And really that's more hip flexors than even quads um, for that matter. But exercises where your foot's on the ground is more going to directly relate to functional activities in and around your house or really our topic where we're talking about is running because your foot's on the ground. So I hope this makes sense for you on why weight-bearing exercises or closed kinetic chain exercises should be added into your training. So now I gave you some examples of exercises of lunges and squats and step-ups. Now I'm going to talk about three specific exercises that you can take action on. So you can add these into your program that I think are super important for runners to add into their program. The first is going to target those deep hip external rotator muscles. And I like to call this exercise taps and circles. You do it with a mini band around your knees and you're isolating out and activating your deep hip external rotator muscles, really controlling the alignment of your knee. So you feel this in your hip muscles, you feel a good burn when you do it. You activate those hip external rotators, especially important for you guys who have knee pain, or if you have shin splints, or if you have inside of the ankle pain, you have some ankle tendonitis, and you're a pronator. So these are targeting those anti-pronation muscles, right? I'm gonna drop the links, guys, to all these exercises in the show notes. So you're gonna have the links to go to my Spark Your Training YouTube channel and you will actually be able to see the exercise with descriptions on how to actually perform these. So this taps and circles, I do once a week in my training program, in the gym. I'm always adding it in there, supersetting with my chest and back exercises to make sure I am targeting those deep hip external rotator muscles in order to keep me healthy running. The second exercise that I'm gonna recommend is one for the gluteus medius muscle or those side hip muscles that we talked about are so important in keeping your pelvis level when you are running. So when you're running, for those of you guys who are listening to this while you're running, because I love listening to podcasts when I run, um, I hope you are running when you're listening to this podcast. Think about your pelvis and keeping it nice and level. So envision, like if you had flashlights on your front hip bones, 
you should be keeping those lights fairly stable and horizontal as you're running. You don't want to see them bopping up and down. If they're bopping up and down, that means you're not controlling your pelvis and you're not activating that side hip muscle. So this exercise that I'm going to recommend is for you to really target that side hip muscle, that gluteus medius muscle, and it's a nice progression from what I like to call the humbler exercise is the kind of isolation exercise. So this one's the weight-bearing progression, and it can be called lateral pelvic, or I like to just keep it simple, call it hip drops. So again, I'm going to drop that link within the show notes. And the third exercise that I'm going to recommend for you is a reverse lunge into a single leg stance hold. And this will be a great progression for your glute activation exercises. This one really targets those glutes and also works that postural stability where you have to balance on one leg. You can do it just normally without resistance or you can hold a plate as you'll see in the video. You can hold the weight out in front of you or you can load it on one side of your body holding in one arm. You can add a shoulder press into it. So there's many different variations, but this exercise is great because it actually functions your body moving forward in one leg and back in the other leg and allows you to balance kind of mimicking some of that running form and that technique. So remember, this weight bearing and single leg exercises is our tip number three within our Spark Blueprint. The next two episodes, we're going to finalize this blueprint and talk about routine self-mobility or soft tissue care, as well as keeping consistent with your training and training smart with proper progression. So what did we cover in this episode? We talked about why you should train on one leg and the big reason for that, why you should be doing weight bearing and training on one leg is that specificity of training. It's gonna directly relate to your activity of running. We talked about five benefits. We talked about multiple joint involvement and moving in all three planes of movement. We talked about the co-contraction that you get of your muscles, which improve your joint stability. We talked about the benefit of improving balance and postural control. Then we talked about bone health, especially if you're a female. Then lastly, the fifth benefit was that it's functional, right? It's functionally oriented to add these exercises in. And then we really gave you three specific actionable exercises that you can actually incorporate these into your training starting today. So I hope you take action on that. I hope you click the links in the show notes to be able to see the exercises save those. You guys can make playlists in YouTube. If you hit the like button, it goes into your like folder, or you can do a save. You can do a healthy runner playlist so you can keep some of these exercises that I'm going to share with you on future episodes. If any of the information we covered today resonated with you, all I ask is for you to share this episode with a runner friend of yours that needs to hear this. So better yet, while you're listening, take a little screenshot on your phone, Share it to your story on Instagram, on Facebook, tag at Spark Your Training. I would love to see you guys actually taking in this information and know that I'm helping more and more of you and we can get the message out and help runners be able to take up this amazing activity, this amazing sport that we love so much and do it in a healthy way. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen either during the run or while you're in the car in your commute into work. I appreciate you and love our running community. Remember, every Monday night, 8 p.m., we go live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group.
So keep us in mind on your schedule so you can get all of your running-related questions answered. Now head over and listen to episode four in which we will talk about the importance of performing routine self-mobility or soft tissue care for your body so you can continue to train to run. Thank you again and stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time. Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I appreciate you and I hope you got a lot of value out of it and I hope that becoming a healthy runner is as exciting for you as it is for me. I hope you can see that this podcast can not only benefit your running, but your overall health as well. If I said anything in this episode that resonated with you, then jump over to our free Facebook group called Healthy Runner. I give live trainings in there every single week to the hundreds of members and answer questions directly in there. And I absolutely love hearing your takeaways and your wins from this show. More on the show at sparkyourtraining.com for our latest articles, resources, and specific exercise videos I mentioned in the show. You can also head over to any of our social media accounts at Spark Your Training, where I include lots of free content for all the ideas we talked about in the episode. If you have learned anything from this podcast, I would really, really greatly appreciate if you headed over to iTunes and rated and reviewed the show, as well as pass it along to your runner friends so they can have the same ideas and tools that you have. If you have any questions, suggestions, and show ideas, the best way to reach out is through your favorite social media platform. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. Stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. So now it's time to strap in and get ready for the next episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast.